Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. I'm going to um, ask you, you can see for, for a minute. Then we'll get back up as we, we read the word of God. You guys know that I always ask the Lord for confirmation, right? I say it over and over again all the time when I have the privilege of bringing the word. And Pastor Ryan took half of my message. And it's pre-message. And the pre-message. And I rejoice because... God is so good to me that he's like, yep, you're on the right track, lady. And so I'm grateful for that. We're going to be speaking about Moses. But I want to thank Pastor for giving me the privilege and the honor to bring the word to you guys. It's always an honor. How's your 2024 going? All right. If you are saying maybe it's the same thing, Pastor D, it's just a different year. (laughs) And it's not the best. Can I tell you that? Maybe your perspective needs to change a little bit and know and understand that if you leave it in God's hands, he knows better and he can take care of it better than we can. And if you're not doing that yet, I want to encourage you to do that. Let him take over and let him fix whatever needs to be fixed. And for those of you who are having an awesome 2024 and your, you know, your year starting strong and uh, you're going to the gym and you're eating healthy, not just because you're on a fast, but, you know, keep it up. Don't let the half a year come and then you're like, okay, there it goes. Next year. No, keep it. Keep it going. For me, it has been, uh, has been good so far. I've been on a journey for um, where I asked God that I want to hear him better. I want to know him better, and I, I want to be guided by him 100%. I don't want any of Damaris. I want all of God. And he's been taking me through a, through a journey. Started last year. I started a study on the book of Acts, and before that year ended, like around October. And, and it led me to know the Holy Spirit in a new way. I knew who the Holy Spirit was. I love you know, talking to the Holy Spirit and inviting him into my life. But he, he has given me a new perspective on who he is. And I absolutely love that. And so when pastor asked if I could take today to preach and I say, yes, I'm ready. I go to my prayer because I have a lot of notes already from the study that I've been doing. And actually I have a preaching on the study that I did. And I say, when he asked me, I say, yes, pastor, I'm ready. And then I go to prayer and God's like, yeah, but that's not it. So I'm like, but I've spent like the last 10 weeks reading Acts. What do you mean? And he's like, nope, Moses at the burning bush. And I'm like, okay, so you want me to prepare a whole other, this, I have, this is good. It's Paul, and si, it's Paul and Ananias, God, nope, it's Moses at the burning bush. And so I'm being obedient to what God asked me to do. Let's go ahead and stand. Let's open our word on Exodus 3. And we're going to do very little reading this morning, just four verses. Exodus, verse 3, and we're going to, chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 4. 
and it'll be in the back in the screen. And I am old school, so can you say amen once you have it? Amen. Amen. There you go. The word of God says, Now Moses was standing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, what did he say? Here I am. Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Father God. For giving me the honor to bring this word that you have given me to your people. I ask my God that you take over. Holy Spirit, let it be you through me. Not a word that I want to say, but only what you have placed and what you have for the church this morning. I ask my God that you remove any distractions, Father. That we may be able to focus on what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A Native American was walking down the street with a businessman one day. The Native American stopped. Listen, he said. For what? The businessman replied. Don't you hear it? Hear what? Crickets. Crickets. I do not hear any crickets. The Native American continued to try to help the businessman hear what he heard. Oh, but they're loud. Just listen. Don't you hear them? Getting a little irritated, the businessman said, I don't hear any crickets. The Native American looked around, and right over there on the side, there was a cricket, and he went out and picked it up. The businessman looked shocked. I can't believe that. We are here downtown with all these people. You and I are talking, and you can hear a cricket. I don't know how you did that. The Native American reached into his pocket and took out some change. He threw it on the ground. Twenty people stopped walking. Then he said, you always hear what you are tuned into. You are tuned into money, you are going to hear a penny when it's dropped. I am tuned into nature, I hear a cricket. A lot of Christians will miss the still small voice of God Because they are not tuned in. My prayer is that you will tune into the voice of God this morning. And just like Moses said, you will be able to also say, here I am. That's the title of my message. Here I am. To give you some content, at the time when Moses was born, Pharaoh had given the order to throw every Hebrew boy born into the Nile River. But let every girl live. Moses is born, and Mama is able to hide him for three months. But when she couldn't hide him any longer, she puts him in a basket. You know, we we read the story when we were little. If you grew up in church, if not, I promise your children, I already heard it. If not, they're going to. Puts him in a basket, puts him in the river. And then he asks his sister, keep an eye 
on the basket. And so I can picture, you know, the basket floating in the water and the little sister by the bushes, you know, running next to the basket. At that same time, Pharaoh's daughter is going to take a bath into that river. And so she sees the basket, right? And then she tells one of her servants to go get it. When she does, there's baby Moses. And so the little girl, I, I, I don't, the Bible doesn't say how old she was, but she, I'm guessing she was, I don't know, let's say 12, right? She comes and she, she, she asks uh, Pharaoh's daughter, do you want me to go get a Hebrew woman to, um, to feed your baby? And she's like, yeah, go ahead. So what does she do? I can picture it, really. I like to picture what I read. Her running to the house, right, and saying, Mama, guess what? They picked up the basket, and now they want you to go feed Moses. And I can picture the mom probably sad and crying and thinking, I'll never see my baby boy again. He's going to drown. But she even got paid to feed her own child. That's a protection of God over Moses since he was a little bitty baby. Moses grows up a well-educated Egyptian, and although he was a Hebrew one day, right, we've read the story as well, he goes out, he sees how his people are doing, and he's watching them work. He sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, and he kills the Egyptian. Then he ends up fleeing Midian because someone had actually seen him kill the Egyptian. And so Pharaoh now wanted Moses dead. So he has to flee. He meets his wife, Sephora, I want to say that's how it's pronounced, in Midian. So now Moses finds himself 40 years after fleeing Egypt, an 80-year-old man tending his father-in-law's flock. I wonder how Moses felt. He's tending his father-in-law's flock. Not even his flock. His father-in-law's flock. And he leads the flock into the wilderness, and he comes to Horeb, which means desolate place or dry land. He was probably doing what he was already used to doing. It was his routine. I wake up in the morning. I put on my sandals. I put on my clothes. I take the flock into the wilderness, and then we come back at nighttime. We have dinner. You know, it was part of his routine, but little did he know that that day was going to change history forever in his life forever because he was going to have an encounter with the living God. Can I tell you that sometimes we make our desolate place our habitat? And the enemy is a master of telling us that that is our permanent place. Your grandparents struggle with that. Your parents struggle with that. Your tios, your tias, everyone in the family struggle with that. Therefore, get used to it. That's going to be your life too. And the enemy is so, such a master at allowing us to believe that. And sometimes we camp out in our desolate place. How many of you can say, it stops with me though? My grandparents didn't do it. My parents didn't do it. My mama, my daddy, my sister, my brother. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the one that's going to make a change. Just because that's all you've ever known, it doesn't mean it will always be like that. God is calling you by name today. By name today. 
And you have a choice to respond and say, I'm going to keep repeating it. Here I am. I would like to think that it took him 40 years to receive his calling because he had to get rid of Egypt's influence. A few days ago, she here, Louisa, she's not here. A few days ago, Louisa posted a, a, a reel, a video, and it truly blessed me because she, if, I don't know if you ladies saw it, but she made a, a reel of her journey since she said just yes to Jesus. As of this morning, because I checked, she had over 3,000 views and over 200 comments. She talked about the lonely season where it feels like you don't belong in the world anymore or people just walk out of your life because you're not fun anymore and now you're a Jesus freak. But then also you don't feel like you belong in the church because you're in the process of creating friendships with the church members and so you find yourself in the wilderness. And I really love that she was transparent because sometimes we let you walk alone or it seems that you're walking alone but it's not to punish you, but to process you and to find you there. It's not to punish you, but to process you and find you there. Some of you might be in the wilderness right now, but don't camp there. Keep moving. Keep seeking. There are influences you need to get rid of. Perhaps they have been a part of your life for so long, but trust the process. It won't last forever. Your encounter at the burning bush is around the corner. This moment at the burning bush changed not only Moses' life, but history. It changed history forever. He was the chosen one to free God's people from slavery. All it took with Moses' willingness to go from spectator, what's going on, to investigator, let me see what's going on, to a listener, followed by, here I am. As Moses is walking around and he, says, uh, he sees the bush on fire and they're not burned up, he decides to go see what's the fire not spreading. We know that fire not only consumes everything, but it also spreads, but not this one. I wonder if Moses was like, ah, it's another fire. But then hold up, no, and it's not, probably not another fire because it's not spreading, it's not dying, it's just burning. Okay, let me go see what's going on. I love how the scripture in verse 4 says, when the Lord saw, when the Lord saw, that he had gone over to look. God called him from the bush, Moses, Moses. How many of us, church, see the fire of God descend in this place week after week? And we see others approach it, and we are comfortable and okay with everyone else having their moment at the burning bush, and then we're just spectators. How many of the youth, because this is also for you guys all up there, see your parents serving, see your parents leading, see you, your, your parents worshiping, and you admire it, but you're okay with just admiring. How many of us have said, man, service was amazing. Man, you should have been there. You didn't go? 
That word, Pastor Broad, was woo, fire. The worship list, man, you should have been there. That sister over there, the worship is like nobody's watching her. Like Sister Heather and Sister Stephanie and the shouter, Pastor D, they don't care. They're like, it's like between just them and God. But then that's all. That's it. You're okay with just seeing how everyone else has their moment in the presence of God while you're just watching everyone else have their moment in the presence of God. God is waiting for you to come and experience his presence on your own, not just live it off of someone else's experience. Verse 5, which we didn't read, says, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The God of your father. God reminded Moses of his Hebrew roots. Not where he grew up, not who raised him, not where he went to school, but his roots. He was a Hebrew. And he reminds him of the covenant that he had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Telling Moses that he is a God that keeps his promises. Some of you need to be reminded today. That God is not a man that he should lie, but that he is a promise keeper. And if you haven't received your promise yet, don't give up. We serve a God of a covenant. And if he said it, he will do it. For Moses, it had been 40 years, right? Perhaps he had already given up. But God reminded him who he was once Moses chose To get close to the burning bush. He wasn't just Sephora's husband or Jethro's son-in-law. No, he was a Hebrew. It is when you stop and notice God moving, listen, that he speaks. Once you pay attention that he is in the room, he speaks. Once he has your attention, he speaks. God could have spoken to Moses any other way. Because God can do anything. He could have talked to him through a prophet or through a dream or a vision. But he didn't. He chose the bush. God requires more than just getting close. He requires obedience to follow you are approaching the presence of God. God told him, take off your sandals. Take off your sandals. Removing sandals in the time was a symbol of respect or reverence. Moses removed his sandals. Once you get close, be ready to obey. Once you get close, get ready to obey. (laughs) Sadly, church, this is the part where many of us turn around. We see the move of God. We come to the altar. We have a moment in his presence. But once God gives you instructions, you turn around because it either made you uncomfortable or it messed with your pride or he was asking you to give up things that you were not willing to give up yet. 
I'm going to be 100% transparent with you guys this morning because I believe in transparency. So you won't think that we don't go through things because we do. I started 2023 ready to go deeper in his presence. And I was doing all the right things. But there was certain situations that had caused me pain. As a consequence, I built a wall because I didn't want to get hurt again. And so I tried to ignore the pain and keep moving and put on a happy face. But God kept tugging at my heart. You still haven't dealt with that one. (laughs) Honestly, I got tired of fighting God. And I said, okay, here, you can have it. I'm not sure how you're going to handle it, though. Please be gentle. (laughs) But here it is. You know what God asked of me? He said, Go have those uncomfortable conversations you've been avoiding. Love like Jesus. Keep walking. This was difficult for me to do. (laughs) But I knew I had to do it in order for me to be where God wants me to be. So I did. I had the uncomfortable conversations. I love like Jesus. And I kept moving. And the wound that I had initially just put a little band-aid on, Whenever things would come up and we like, tap it, it would hurt. I dealt with it. I ripped off the band-aid, <laughs> processed the healing. And now I can tell you that I'm 100% healed for something that I struggled so long for because I decided to give it to God, and it hurt. And it was hard. But when you do that, there's healing in your process. Obedience sometimes will make you uncomfortable, but it will also make you grow. God asked Moses to remove his sandals. To me, when I read it, I read it as, where I'm taking you, you can carry the dirt that you've walked through. Remove your sandals. Some of you are perhaps... You've already been before his presence for a while, and you've been saying, well, here I am, God. Here I am, God. But you're ignoring the instructions that he's giving you. Have you left everything behind? Or are you still keeping that one little thing in your pocket just in case you need it tomorrow? Remove your sandals. Literally. (laughs) Remove your sandals. And step into the instructions that the Lord is giving you. This was the last step before Moses received his assignment. The sandals are staying. (laughs) It's okay, I'm more comfortable. Where you've been, what you've done, what you just did before coming in this morning doesn't matter anymore. What matters is your willingness to leave it all behind and trade it for what God has in store for you. Are you ready for his instructions? They might not make sense, though. But doesn't he know better? Pastor mentioned this once. Here are the excuses that Moses gave. One, who am I that I should go? 
The Lord says, I will be with you. Two, who will I say send me? I am who I am. What if they don't believe me? You will do the signs that I have given you the power to do. I am slow of speech. I will teach you what to say. Please send someone else, God. And then God got a little angry and said, fine. Aaron is coming to meet you. He's going to go with you. You see how many excuses Moses gave God? Shouldn't it have been enough once he told them, I will be with you? I can definitely identify with Moses and relate to Moses because I too have given God so many excuses in the past. I still do because I'm human. And in my human understanding, sometimes I don't understand what he's asking me to do and sometimes it doesn't make sense or it seems too big for me. And I have told the God, little old me, God, I don't have a degree like other people. I'm giving you my excuses. This is what I've told God. I don't have a degree like other people do. I'm not that educated. I don't use eloquent or fancy words when I preach. I have an accent. I come from a broken household. I come from a divorce. I'm getting old. And God's like, yes, girl, you. (laughs) Because I will be with you. How many can relate to that? Up to this point, you've given God nothing but excuses. But God's like, come on. Will you trust me, Linda? Will you trust me, Paola? Will you trust me? I will be with you. Can I ask the worship team to come? The Holy Spirit was pressing in my heart. The fact that there are people here who have just been okay with coming to church Sunday after Sunday, seeing the presence fill the room, but just remain as a spectator. And it was so heavy as I was preparing. He's like, Damaris, there are people that are okay just coming Sunday to Sunday. They're okay just chilling. And coming and seeing everybody else go into my presence while they're just there. But God doesn't want you to be a spectator anymore. He wants you to have an encounter with him. He's waiting for you. He wants to have an encounter with you. He wants your here I am. Your here I am. Not your parents here I am. Now your mom or dad's here I am. Now your husband's here I am. Now your, your wife's here I am. You're here I am. We have history changers in this room. Y'all don't believe me. We have history changers in this room. Don't let any more time go by and you just sit on the sidelines while everyone else is getting a fill of the presence of God. God has a task with your name on it. Nobody else can do it. Nobody else has been equipped to do it. You 
have to do the job. You, husband, you're the one that needs to rise up and be the priest of your home. You, wife, needs to be the one who leads your daughter and your son into what it's like to be a godly woman of God and a godly man of God. Husbands, it's your responsibility to show your son how is it, how does it look like to raise someone in the faith, to be a priest. Our culture right now, it's feeding our children lies and lies and lies. And we have very few men and women of God who can stand up and say, it starts with me. Whatever my grandparents, my parents, whatever they did, it stays with them. But the new starts with me. I will be the one who will usher my family into the presence of God. I will be the one who's going to step into the calling and I'm no longer going to be comfortable with just sitting on the silence and see how sister so-and-so receive a gift and how brother so-and-so is being used and how, oh my goodness, how this sister sings so beautiful and oh, how he plays so good. And while you have the talent, what God has telling you, I have given you something, but you're okay with just everyone else doing what he has called you to do. Would you remove your sandals this morning? Literal or not? Listen, some people need to do it in order for it to, for real, it's happening. I'm going to ask you to stand. How many people do we have in the room that can say, God, I want to enter into your presence. I don't want to just see. I don't want to just watch while everyone else is at the altar crying. While I'm just sitting. I don't want to just continue to see how everyone else is serving. While I'm just sitting. There are gifts that the Lord has given you. Gifts of prophecy dreams discernment and you feel it listen I'm not making this up the Holy Spirit told me big time there are people in here that are just chilling and are asleep and the Lord this morning is calling you into his presence It's calling you to step into the unknown. Yes, it's scary. But trust me, it is worth it. Because I am is with you. Because I am goes before you. Because I am stands behind you. Because I am. Because I am. That's it. Because I am. Can I ask the prayer team to come to the altar? for those of you who are ready to say okay I I, I don't want to just see I don't want to just watch I'm ready and maybe you've already experienced the presence of God but 
you haven't listened to his instructions. I love how the verse says that God waited for Moses to approach. The Lord is waiting for some of you this morning to come before his presence and say, you know what, God, here I am. Hey, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know. But I do know that if you're calling me and you're telling me and your word says that you're going to be with me, then you're going to be with me. And I'm going to trust you and I'm going to step into what you have called me to do. And I will listen to my instructions. Listen to my instructions and follow your voice. As the worship team sings. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.